Let us bring in our distinguished guest. We have Jack Berusian. He's the founder and chief economist for UCX, chairman of Global Smart uh, Commodity Group, and Kenny Polcari, managing partner at Case Capital Advisors and chief strategist at Slate Stone Wealth. Gentlemen, welcome back to the show. Um, I'm sure we will have uh, no small amount of opinions. So, Jack Perusian, as I recall, the last time I talked to you, you were an inflation dove. I don't know if that's still true. But do you think, first of all, will this stock market rally continue? That's point number one. And uh, the other point I want to ask is, um, will this inflation respite continue? Well, here, uh, let's start with the first question. Uh, The stock market, I feel a little better about this bounce if there were some more volume to it. Uh, You know, it doesn't seem to be going up with the type of volume that we used to see these rallies go up with. Now, having said that, the other thing, big red flag, in my opinion, is the inversion that we're seeing in the yield curve, especially that two to 10 year uh, spread. That was the one that I was concerned about last time I was on the show with you, because it was starting. It was in fact, it was positive at that time. And it went negative between when I was on last to where we are now. And that, for me, it is a very big tell. Remember, the bond market has, has always historically been smarter to me than the stock market. And when, when we see stocks go up like this, a lot of it is euphoria. A lot of it is the, you know, the, the, the FOMO. Uh, you know, and more importantly, you know, it, again, I, I, I can't stress enough the fact that we aren't seeing the type of volume that I would really associate with conviction rather than a, a, a bear market rally. So that is one thing. On the other side of the equation, we're talking about inflation. Remember, the numbers that we're getting now are are numbers that we see in hindsight. Okay, these are not the numbers that we're going to see in another three or four months. And if you look at commodity prices, pay attention to what's happening to lumber, for example. Uh, Look at gasoline over the course of the last few months. I think we are hitting peak inflation, which the yield curve, especially in in the commodities markets, was telling us that was going to happen because of the backwardation. So having said all of that, Larry, I'm, I'm, I'm still concerned, and, and I'm not convinced by this bounce mm. because there are too many red flags and headwinds, especially with the Fed raising rates over the course of these next six to eight months. By the way, on commodities, my favorite indicator is the CRB futures, which uh, fell significantly uh, in May and June and much of July. Now, I'm also I'm looking at the chart. Actually, the CRB futures is starting to pick up again. Uh, right. The low, the low was under three hundred, and it's now three thirteen point nine zero. And they've been in. Let's see. I'm going to just look at this. Stay with me here. All right. Gold is up. Silver is up. Copper is down a little bit. Uh, soybeans, beans are up. Beans are fourteen dollars and seventy five cents. Coal is up. Steel is up. Lithium is up. Lumber continues to fall. You're quite right about that. Uh, Iron also continues to fall. And, of course, oil and gas, natural gas, continue to fall. But it is interesting to me that the CRB Futures Index, Kenny Polcari, has stopped falling. Um, Now, that doesn't really translate into these price indexes for quite some time, if at all. But it's it's more a measure of the inflation expectations and the value of the dollar. Anyway, my question is, is this a short covering rally? Is there more coming? And I want to add one other thing. 
Um, I had Jeff Kleintop on the TV show. He's a very smart, well-respected strategist. He was quite worried about profits, profits of the mother's milk of stocks. So how does that figure into your calculations? Right. So first of all, Larry, thanks for having me again. And Jack, hello. It's always a pleasure to be with you. I look at the, first of all, from commodities, I look at the BCOM, which is the Bloomberg Commodity Index, and that's up 9%, I think, over the last six or seven weeks. To your point, all those same uh, commodity, uh, commodities are the ones that are rising and falling, but it is up 9% over the last uh, five or six weeks. Just one thing. The next is, um, you know, where's the Fed going? I'm, a, I'm in your camp. They should raise 75 basis points. They absolutely should. And this, they, the, the, this feeling pressure to go 50 because they think recession, uh, inflation is rolling over is baloney, right? And then I also, and I am worried about future profits and future estimates. I think we're going to come into a period in late August, early September, that you're going to see analysts start to slash and burn estimates for the third and fourth quarter based on what we heard from the C-suite this last reporting period. Every one of them is worried about the forward guidance. Every one of them is cautious. They're talking about laying off workers or slowing the hiring process, cutting more costs than they've already cut. And so I'm in that camp, and I suspect that that's going to be what puts a cap on this this rise. I think this is a bear market rally, which I'm not saying, you know, light your hair on fire because we're falling out of bed, but I I'm, would not be surprised to see us retest uh, close to the June lows, which would be somewhere in the mid-3600 range on the S&P before um, uh, before this settles down again. And remember, we're coming into September and October, which seasonally are difficult, kind of nervous, anxious times of the year anyway. So that's all going to, you know, put it all together along with the Fed rate increases. And I think you got some chop ahead. Is Jack right about the inverted curve, the danger signal? I, I think he's absolutely right. And what's interesting is, remember this, uh, in February, when it inverted for all of 20 minutes, Everyone was talking about, oh, my God, the yield is going to invert. What does that mean? It's a recession's coming, blah, blah, blah. Now it's been inverted for seven weeks, and they don't even want to talk about it anymore. So I absolutely think – I think we're already in a recession, but let's just say we're not and pretend it's you know, further out. But I think that the yield curve remaining inverted across the whole cycle, twos and fives, fives and tens, twos and tens, uh, they're all inverted. Um, that, that is a sign that uh, recession is coming if it's already here. Um let me come back to you, Jack. Is it was part of this um, part of this rally in the last month or so? Is it a short covering rally? Because uh, that might explain your point about the lack of volume, which is probably a very important point. It is a short covering rally. You know, remember, you, you, you're talking about the summer. You're talking about fatigue that is set in. You're talking about, you know, a, a society that's been desperate to get away for a while. Uh, and Kenny and I know how, how these summer times are, especially after this this pandemic. So, you know, to, to have these type of illiquid market conditions is really no surprise. But what really, I guess, is surprising me that the market's going up when we're seeing things, for example, like producer prices going up more than consumer prices. Mm. That itself tells you that there's going to be a, a, a real pressure on operating margins going down the road. People aren't reading what they should into the news that's coming out. And, you know, it, it's really difficult. You know, the market kind of started to, to really go down, especially the yield curve started to act up when we started to see a little bit more traction on, you know, the, this, this Inflation Reduction Act, I guess, or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's really odd because I tried to explain it to, to a millennial the other day, and I said, you know, we've entered a period that, that I'm starting to call tech 
taxulationism. Higher taxes, higher regulation, inflation, and protectionism. It is an era that we are not familiar with or haven't seen since Jimmy Carter. And, and, and that's why it's kind of hard to deal with these conditions, as especially over the course of these next few months. So, you know, again, going into September and October, these are months, and, and, and we know this, that are very difficult historically for the market. With everything that is happening, there's probably no better time than to be just a little defensive uh, going into these, you know, especially into the end of the year. I think your <clears throat> PPI above CPI is a very important point. It's an old-fashioned profit indicator, but it's an important indicator, and it does hold up. And actually, Kenny, uh, Ken Polcari, you're you're thinking that the profit uh, estimates are going to come down and the actual profits are going to come down. So that dovetails with what Jack is saying. Right. It does. And you made the point about PPI. Even though PPI came down and CPA came down last month, you know, on Wednesday and Thursday when we saw the readings, PPI is still well above CPI. And CPI year over year is still running at 8.5%. And you saw and we heard all the commentary coming from the from the C-suite. So analysts are going to have to start to uh, uh, be more realistic, and we're going to start to see it, I think, as we move in, like I said, into the end of August, early September, because, you know, then the season starts again in October, the reporting season. And listen, don't forget, to Jack's point, we're also now in the latter part of August, right? A lot of Europe is on vacation. A lot of the U.S. is on vacation. So there's less participation. There are, what, there are reasons for more exa- exaggerated moves in either direction. And right now, that short covering is causing uh, causing this move up. But I think it's going to run out of steam fairly soon. Thank God the Congress is going on vacation. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I mean, really, big governments, big government socialism in the long run cannot be good for stocks. But I think the cavalry is coming, so that may change. But, boy, the last few weeks they have passed the worst legislation. That's why I'm amazed stocks have done as well as they have. We've had gigantic spending bills we just got a gigantic tax increase, including a corporate tax increase and a small business tax increase, uh, which is not good. I mean, look, what it, when business taxes go up, profits go down. OK, that's one simple way to look at it. Uh, and I'm surprised that stock market hasn't seemed to pay much attention to that. But uh, whatever. Jack Ferrugian, what would you invest in right now? What would your advice be? Well, you know, if I could invest in the IRS, I think I would. You know what I mean? They're going to put $80 billion into that. They should go public. It's ridiculous. I mean, I, I just had this argument with somebody who turned to me and he said, you know, good for, for them. They're going to go after all those billionaires. And I said, how many billionaires do you think there are in the U.S.? Huh, right. And they couldn't answer right. that question. I said, there are 735. Yeah. And yeah, he looked yeah. at me with, with this with this surprise look. I said, so we're going to spend $80 billion, all right, to go after 735 people? That does not make sense. <laughs> wait a second. No, wait wait a second. Only- wait, my favorite billionaire is Elon Musk, who doesn't pay his fair share. He, he paid $11 billion in taxes right. Well, but it's not year. enough. I mean, according to, you know what, let, let's, let's face it. You know, Elizabeth Warren tells us that it's not enough. But... No, if, if we're going to invest right now, again, just to hit on the point that we were talking about earlier, I think I think it's time to be a little defensive. If you're sitting on big profits, this is a time to take a little bit of money off the table on these rallies um, and start to 
put a little money into cash just so that you can actually take advantage of the dips when they do come. And, and you know, I've got a, a, a good feeling. You know, I don't, I don't like to take the other side of Kenny Polkari's straights. You know, you can go broke doing that. I've got a good feeling that he's right, and it's going to go down to about 36, 3,500. And when it does, you want cash. You want to be able to pick up those bargains and buy stuff that's going to be on sale because that's probably what's going to happen in the, that September, October time frame. Well, Kenny, we're at forty-two eighty, so thirty-five hundred yeah. will be a breathtaking move. Yeah, fifteen percent or so. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. it will be. Absolutely, it will be. And I don't, and I'm, and I don't say that lightly. And nor do I necessarily want to see it happen. But my gut just tells me that the market got too excited over this idea that they just because we saw CPI and PPI both decline, that now suddenly the Fed's going, uh, the Fed's going to pivot. Larry, you and I both remember, and Jack too. The Fed pivoted back in 1980 when they thought inflation was rolling over, only to see inflation rear its ugly head. And then the Fed had to pivot again and then push rates to as high as 21 percent to finally kill it. So I don't want to see that replay. But my sense is I think the market got so excited. Oh, the Fed's going to be able to back off now. And look at this. The Fed's been so successful. The Fed has not been successful yet. It's still running at eight and a half percent. So people need to really understand that we're four times away from their target of two percent. Yeah, you know, so, you could you have know, a double, there's like a double dip inflation and a right, double dip exactly. recession. That's what yep. you have to look for. Yeah, I'm surprised that uh, all the Wall Street economists are touting this uh, momentary law of inflation because I don't Agreed. really, yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't see, I look at this, um, the Cleveland Fed publishes this uh, median CPI and uh, what they call the trimmed mean CPI, where they chop off the uh, eight, 8% highest and 8% lowest prices. Now, that thing's running at 7%. And right. um, that's, you know, three and a half times the Fed's target. And I don't think the Fed's going to back off. I agree with you. They're going to go 75 in September, and they'll probably yeah, they go have. another 75 in November or whenever the meetings are. Yeah, I think you're but, absolutely but right. They, but they've got, to do, they've got to do more than that, Larry. You know, look, last month, they still increased the balance sheet. Yeah. See, right. people don't Not understand that. Right. But yes. And, and that, that is supposed to happen that three is months about, ago. It hasn't happened. The, Exactly right, Kenny. And this Fed, you know, it, it's it's almost like they're they're playing games with the American public. You know, it's almost like telling yeah. us inflation or a recession is not uh, two negative quarters in a row. Come on, you know, what, right. what, what are you trying to tell us here? You know, you, you're going to change the rules of the game and, and redefine everything. Okay, well, we might as well throw you know the Samuelson 101 economics book out, you know, and start again. Uh, you know, Listen. but it's just. I just want to make one more point about because uh, I, I wanted to get this in about that whole your whole IRS comment of the 700 billion or the 70 billion or however many you said there were billionaires in this country. They've got an army of lawyers and tax accounts. So if the IRS thinks that they're going to succeed there, they're not. They're going to come after the little guy. Absolutely. To your point. And nobody seems to understand that. Right. The right. 800 billionaires right. employ 100,000 right. lawyers. Right. So the right. IRS so is only picking up 87,000. So it's, yeah. that's not good. But, but what they are going to do is kill the middle and lower middle who don't have all these lawyers. So you do get paid for going into cash, Ken. I mean, you, you yeah. know, it's a lot better than it was. You know, it's somewhere yeah. around 25 to 3.5% depending on what you may do for cash. So that's not a bad place to hide. 
No, it's not a bad place either if you're expecting real chop ahead. So new money I would put in cash and just be patient with it. Um, if you want to take, if you want to tweak, if you've got real big profits and you want to tweak some and maintain a core position and names that you like, that's certainly not a bad idea to, uh, to play, right? Certainly to Jack's point because you want to have cash available when it backs up. So I fully support that. So money now that's going in uh, is going in for me is going in and staying in cash as I sit and wait and be patient. Any sectors, would you buy energy, um, Jack Perusian? No, I'd stay away from energy. I've got a feeling that we're going to see uh, something happen. And if there's any resolution at all out with, uh, with the Ukraine crisis, mm-hmm. you'll see energy tumble to, uh, to probably under $50 a barrel. Um, you know, remember, they're already the spot market right now between what the Russians are doing and the off plats transactions are at roughly a 30 to 50 percent discount to what we're seeing right now with WTI and Brent. So uh, that tells me that there's going to be some desperation over the course of the next few months. Would you buy what about Nat Gas, Joe? What about Nat Gas or coal, Jack? Well, you know what? Nat gas is different. You and I know that, that there's a big need, especially in Europe. So I've got a feeling that we're going to see that energy stabilize. It'll be stable. But, Jack Perusian and Ken Pocari, two of the best of the best.